Hey everybody, I'm back. I know it's been a while. Um, so I, I've been dealing with some stuff. So um, I just am gonna jump right into um, just stuff that I've been thinking about lately um, and trying to work on and just deal with. Um, so. When you decide that you're going to have a child, or two, or three, or four, or five, um, it's no longer about you. Um, you need to put their needs first. And especially when you wind up having a child with special needs, um... You can't just treat them any old way. Um, that's why they have... Well, that's not why, but... Um, they have special needs. They have special considerations. Um, you have to not treat them differently than you would treat your other kids. Well, sometimes. But you need to take into consideration that... They are probably going to have struggles that your other kids are not going to have. Um, they are going to have needs, of course, that your other kids are not going to have. Um, their brains just work differently. And um, you really need to encourage them more to do things that they might not want to do or are hard to do or um, you know might be uncomfortable for them and not just let them slide because it's easier for you um, when I was growing up I was never really uh, encouraged to take many risks um Maybe I was, you know, allowed to do some things, but um, nothing really that would risk, um, you know, me failing, really. Um, anytime I tried to do something and, you know, I started struggling with it... Um, the minute I wanted to quit, I was allowed to, uh, and that doesn't, that just set me up for failure, I feel like, for the rest of my life, um, I've always known that I'm a quitter, when things get hard, I just give up, and I feel like that's because growing up, I was allowed to. Um, I was never encouraged. I was never given encouraging words. You know, when things got hard, you know, keep trying. I think you should, you know, don't give up. Um, it was just, okay, I, you know, this is hard. I don't want to do it. And it was, okay, that's okay. You don't have to. Um, and I'm gonna get into 
talking about some things that, um, well, they anger me about the way I was growing up. And I know when I start talking about them, they're going to anger a lot of people. Um, and I know, you know, my siblings have heard it all before, so it's nothing new to them, but, um, there's others who maybe have, you know, grew up in a similar situation who have heard all this before, but, you know, didn't realize, oh, there are other people out there who, um, are being treated like that too. It's not only me. So I really, this is why I'm, you know, I started this podcast because I want, um, I'm not just, you know, trying to, you know, get sympathy or, you know, I don't want people's sympathy. I want people to know you're not alone. Um, I went through it too. Um, my mom said some horrible, horrible things to me my whole life, um, my entire childhood, um, you know, she and my dad couldn't get along at all, um, there was one point that, uh, they were arguing, and after my dad left, I think I was about 10 years old, and she actually asked me why I didn't defend her when my dad was arguing with her, and um, why I didn't say anything to him, why I didn't defend her against him, and, you know, as a child, you know, I, I didn't really understand. I knew it hurt my feelings, because I felt like a failure because I didn't protect my mom and I remember running away crying um but looking back as an adult um that was a really inappropriate question for her to ask me um that's not my job to defend you as a child <laughs> I'm the child it's your job to defend me if something's happening to me, it's your job to defend me, not the other way around. Um, so, I, that was uh, a real eye-opener. Um, yeah, you don't ask... You, if you're having an argument with your spouse or significant other or your ex, um, don't expect your child to come to your defense. That's not their job. Um, they're the child. You're the parent. And I've also have realized that, um, you know, as I was standing there listening to them argue, they didn't, um, they just argued in front of me. They didn't, um, Somebody should have told me to go, you know, I guess I remember they were outside. So somebody should have told me to go in the house that they needed to have an adult conversation. 
and that I didn't need to hear it. Um, and so that bothers me a little bit, but that doesn't bother me as much as, you know, um, being asked <laughs> why I didn't defend my mom when I was 10 years old. Um, no, it, that's not my job. You're the parent. I, that's not my job to defend you. Um, and another thing I've always, always struggled with um, was feeling like I was a burden. You know, like, you know, uh, nobody wanted me around like I was a burden. And just realizing as an adult that um, I was never given positive reinforcement, you know, um, I was never told, of course that's not true, you know, of course I love you, of course I want you, you know, of course you're not a burden, you know, I was never told any of that, um, a lot of times, um, even recently, um, just expressing my feelings, I was told, I've been told, you know, I'm not dealing with this right now. Well, you need to deal with it. If you have a child who is telling you that they feel like they're not wanted by anyone or that they're a burden, don't put off their feelings. Don't, you know, um, don't tell them you're not dealing with this right now or you're not going to listen to this. Um, you need to um, make it absolutely clear that they are loved and they are wanted and they are not a burden by any means. And, you know, you need to embrace them, you know. Give them a hug. Just hug them. Hug them tighter than you've hugged anyone. And just tell them, you know, and keep telling them. Especially as a child. You know, just, you need to just... When your child tells you something like that... You need to reinforce it every day until they know for a fact that they are loved, they are wanted, and they absolutely are not a burden. And, um, <laughs> when your child has emotional or mental problems, don't belittle them. Don't make comments. Um, you know, especially if they have special needs. Well, regardless, it doesn't matter if they have special needs or not. You don't belittle them. And you don't, um, you know, you don't discount their feelings. Um, I, I was horribly bullied at school to the point 
that I was coming home in tears every day. And nobody was doing anything about it. And I was on the brink. Um, I didn't want to be on this earth anymore. I felt I... Even back then, you know, like I said, I felt like I was a burden to everybody. I felt like nobody wanted me around. And I was not given the positive reinforcement that I needed at home or at school. Um, really. <laughs> I mean, the only person that was even remotely there for me was Renee Sinclair. She was my teacher. Well, she she was the dean of students. Um, she was, and uh, my um, teacher in my special ed class. That um, she was the only one that really made an effort to try to just make my day a little bit better. And if it hadn't been for her, I don't I don't know that I would have made it. Um I remember I did um I think I wound up going to a counselor, I believe, at one point, that did happen, and they actually prescribed me medication for depression, and, um, I was at such a low end that I actually tried to overdose on the pills, but it was not successful. Obviously, because I'm still here. And, um... <laughs> I just... I don't remember how my mom find out, found out. I'm not sure if one of my siblings told her or... Um... You know, she found... You know, that pills were missing or what. But, um... After that... After I did that... There was no, um, I did not get support. I did not get any sort of, um, mental health, um, help, counseling, you know, anything like that. Um, I got <laughs> told some pretty crappy things, um, and I'm gonna put this out there, <laughs> probably going to make a lot of people angry and um, disgusted at what she said to me um, and w wonder how a mother could say that to her child after her child just um, tried to kill themselves, attempted suicide basically, but um, I remember, I think it was... Um, can't remember, remember if it was the same day. It might have been the following day. But, um, I had gotten in trouble. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I, you know, of course, it was always about my room not being clean. I was always getting in trouble for my room not being clean. And, um, I had actually, after, um, after I, oh, I remember what it was, after I attempted that and it failed miserably, um, and I got in trouble instead of being supported, um, I actually tried to cut, because my room had a wooden, um, windowsill, I actually tried to carve into the wood. Um, I remember carving My Family Hates Me. And I got in trouble for that. That's what it was. I got in trouble for that because I carved into the wood My Family Hates Me. And, um, or Everybody Hates Me, something to that effect. And this was after I just tried, tried to swallow a bottle of pills, <laughs> I got in trouble. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so, which I was doing, I was being punished. I, I think I had to, you know, like, clean, clean the kitchen or something, you know, as a punishment. And, um, I remember her coming up to me. And saying that um, I was so pathetic I couldn't even kill myself right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you don't say that after your child attempts suicide. <laughs> you don't tell them that they can't even kill themselves right. Um, so, but like I said, um, it's going to anger a lot of people. <laughs> and disgust them that a child, that a mother would say something like that to their child. And I was a child. I think I was about 14. Um, after I attempted suicide. Um, so, yeah. This is, um, and just, that, that was, that's just been my whole life. Just one thing after another. You know, being made felt like, feel like, you know, I can't do anything right. I can't say anything right. You know, um, I'm not capable. I'm not smart, you know. Um, because I have a disability, I'm not capable, you know. Because I have a disability making me think that I need somebody to do everything for me. And that's not, um, I've, it's taken me 35 years, almost 36, but I've realized I am capable, I am smart, and I don't need somebody to, you know, dictate how I live my life. Um, and for anyone out there who has you know, a parent or caregiver or, you know, anything like that who tries to tell you that, um, they're being your advocate and, but they are basically telling you 
um, what to do in every aspect of your life, um, that is not an advocate. An advocate is someone who speaks up for you in situations where you are unable or uncomfortable to speak for yourself, um, you know, with a doctor or, um, you know, in public or, you know, on the phone or, you know, something like that. Not, an advocate is not someone who dictates to you what to do um, you know, in every moment of your life. That's not an advocate. Telling someone how to live their life is not being an advocate. That's being a dictator. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and if you're you know, if you finally get fed up and do get out of the situation, if you're being abused, I don't care whether it's by a husband, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, your mother, your father, it doesn't matter. If you are in an abusive situation and you get out, good for you. Um, and don't let anybody make you feel guilty for, um, standing up for yourself. Don't let anybody make you feel like you are in the wrong. Because you're not. Abuse is abuse. Doesn't matter who's doing it. Abuse is abuse. And just because you're an adult and maybe you have some disabilities and your parent is being abusive it's still abuse and it's wrong and it's not okay and you are allowed to leave you are allowed to put your foot down you are allowed to say I'm done and you are allowed to leave and if you have to leave everything behind then that's what you have to do um it you know, I, that's what I did. I left everything behind and I only speak to my mother when I absolutely have to. Um, and now I've gotten my situation straightened out where, you know, financially, I, you know, I don't have to deal with her. So I have no reason to speak to her. You know, um, and, you know, she's obviously not going to apologize because that would mean she was in the wrong and she's never going to admit that. So, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I can buy new clothes. I can, you know, I can buy new books, you know, um, yeah, so, I, you know, if she expects me to get my stuff out of her house, it's not going to happen because I'm, I'm done with her, you know, and not putting up with it anymore. 
And if she wants to get rid of my clothes, fine. You know, I will buy new clothes because they are replaceable. My sanity and my mental health is not. <laughs> so, yeah. So, for outsiders, you know, when you're not in that situation, it's easy to say, oh, I would do this or I would do that. But when you're not in the situation, in the moment, then you really have no idea, you know, what the person has gone through, you know, even to just to get away from their abuser, you don't know what they've gone through. So... You know, yeah, it's easy to say, oh, I would do this and I would do that, but you weren't in the situation, so, you know, um, please keep your opinions to yourself. If you're not, if you're not being encouraging, keep your opinions to yourself, <laughs> because you weren't there. Um... So, yeah, um, I think that's about it, um, for now, uh, I will be back, um, and I'm just gonna leave it at that for now, and thanks everybody for listening, and I will be back later.